Hey guys, welcome back to Sarah Says, the weekly podcast with me, Sarah, CEO and Chief Scrunchy Enthusiast over at Sackbun Studios talking about whatever it is that's on my mind. And you know, this is really funny because last week I was so excited. I spent so much time making the t- double podcast, two of them, talking about Colin, Eloise, and Francesca Bridgerton. And then I was like, I have absolutely no idea what to discuss next week. I have just, I had no idea. And now it's Thursday of this week, and I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. What do I talk about? But at the same time, Etsy has just crossed a line this week. And I mean, honestly, just, they're just too much. So... Yeah, I put it on my Instagram stories. If you're not following along, you can follow over on Instagram at Sockman Studios. And I was like, should I just spill all the tea on all the reasons why I hate Etsy? And a lot of you want me to get into all of my petty grievances about them. So yeah, this is all of the reasons why I think Etsy is the worst selling platform. So to start this podcast off, I'm actually going to take it all the way back to me being in high school deciding college. Because there is a very famous quote by Asha Tyson that I really, I don't want to say that I live by, but it's something that I think about a lot, especially in the harder times and in the times where I think, did I make the right choices? It says, your journey has molded you for your greater good, and it was exactly what it needed to be. Don't think that you've lost time. It took each and every situation you have encountered to bring you to the now, and now is right on time. When I chose to go to college, and this will all become relevant as we get into this, I was sitting at my dining room table. My mom was fixing dinner one night. I will never forget, these were the words that I said. Well, I'd really like to own my own business someday, And I want to travel overseas. So I guess international business. That was it. End of. The university that I went to is Ohio Dominican University here in Columbus, Ohio. I chose it because it had a four plus one program. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'll just get my undergrad in four years, add on an extra year, get my master's degree. The importance of this is, and I did that, that's exactly what I did. Through all of the struggles, through all of the hard times, that is what I did. If you are listening to this and somehow you are in high school or you are in college right now, or maybe you didn't go to college and you're thinking that you should have, or you know, whatever, you're in your early 20s, you do not have to have your life figured out. I never got to take an entrepreneurship class. I never got to take a random art class or um, a fun extra lit class. Like every single class that I took was something that I had to take in order to graduate. And I would still probably choose the college that I went to. Like as Asha Tyson, as that quote says, you needed to do all of this and every single step was exactly what it needed to be. And so I know that I would not be sitting here right now recording this podcast had I not done this. And I had great times in college. I really did. And I learned, I learned a lot along the way. But 
you can change. You can change. You do not have to stick to what you think you've decided to do when you are sitting at your dining room table while you're fixing, while your mom's fixing dinner one night. I just want to point that out. But that was what I said. I want to own my own business someday and I want to travel overseas. I am so very blessed that I was able to travel overseas. I did a semester abroad in Italy, changed my life. I lived with six other girls and I'm actually still very good friends with a few of them. Um, I just, <laughs> I loved that experience. One of my absolute favorite classes that I've ever taken, ever, was called Economics of the European Union. And that makes me sound so nerdy. Uh, I was actually one class away from a double major in international business and economics. I'm just, I'm so mad that I just could not squeeze in one more economics class. Um, anyway, <laughs> that is still, still hold a grudge. Like, but you minored it. And I'm like, it's not enough. I was one class, one class. Um, but it's so funny to me because I still know a lot of the inner workings of the European Union and my current job full-time as a nanny and then I also run a shop that's based in scrunchies. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> I was taking classes about the European Union. Um, the irony is not lost on me, everyone. That's all I have to say about that. Getting my master's degree, though, was a soul sucker. I hated every single second of it. If I could go back and change that and not do it, I absolutely 100% would. If you are thinking about getting a higher education degree, work for someone who's going to pay for it, okay? I graduated with my master's degree at 22. To be fair, I turned 23 like three weeks later, two and a half weeks later. Um, but to me, like, because my MBA really has done absolutely zero things for my life overall, uh, I like to say, like, well, but I got my MBA at 22 because, I don't know, that somehow makes me feel slightly better about this whole situation. Um, but that said, definitely make someone else pay for your master's degree. And also your master's is the absolute literal worst. So, oh, it's the worst. I'm so glad I got it done in a year. <sighs> anyway, I mean, brings back, I feel like, war flashbacks, to be honest. So, that brings us to 2011. Graduated with my master's degree. The job market was still pretty bad. And here I was, newly graduated, had had good job experience, but had a master's degree. I was basically unhirable because no one was retiring. And all of the entry-level jobs I was quote-unquote too educated for, but the jobs that they claimed that I was educated for, I didn't have the experience. It's very frustrating, very frustrating times. So fast forward to the summer of 2012. I had done a stint in 2011 working for um, a county office for de developmental disabilities. Absolutely loved every single second of it. It was a temporary job for five months. And then I was once again jobless. It was the summer. I basically just spent my time applying for jobs and crafting all my time away before going to the London Olympics. That had been a goal that a few of my friends and I had set and we were doing it and I was so excited. And I was sitting on the porch one day 
uh, outside in the middle of making flag shorts, which I still own. And I was like, Sock Bun Studios. That would be a good name for a shop. I was wearing a ton of sock buns in my hair at the time. I just want to point that out. It was, but you know, it's the sponge donut. Anyway, not the point. Um, loved it because I have very thin hair. This feels very random. I have very thin hair. So, you know, like messy buns have just never worked for me and big thick bun just never worked for me. But the sock bun, the sponge donut, actual masterpiece. Love it. I mean, I haven't worn one in years and I think I actually got rid of them, but that's not the point. Anyway, so 2012, I think of Sock Bun Studios, but I don't do anything with it. Worked a couple more years um, on and off temporarily for the Developmental Disability Board. And then I ended up at nanny school, which yes, is a real thing. And I can definitely talk about that in another podcast uh, that is based in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. And if you want to talk about a Gilmore Girl stars hollow town, you are not going to find one any more like it than Chagrin Falls. You should definitely look it up. It's C-H-A-G-R-I-N Falls. Beautiful. If I could live there, I definitely would, but it's very expensive. Anyway, went to nanny school, became a nanny, did a lot of interviews, couple of NHL players, um, yeah, some pretty famous people still have their phone numbers in my phone. Probably not their phone numbers anymore, but that's not the point. <laughs> and um, a Super Bowl winning quarterback uh, was one of them. And yeah, two two NHL hockey players on the East Coast and the West Coast. And um, yeah, you know, some regular people in between. Um, anyway, got my job um, based out of D.C. Did that for two years. And this is where we finally open Etsy. So... While I was living in D.C., um, one month exactly before my 26th birthday, my grandpa passed away, and it was very unexpected for me. I was not expecting that because I all of a sudden wasn't 20 minutes down the road from him, so I didn't actually see his decline. Um, but that really, really affected me. Nine months later, my uncle passed away from stage four colon cancer, and that was another absolute punch to the solar plexus because for a very long time in his four-year fight, you almost just wouldn't know. Like, if you were just a stranger walking on the street, you would not know that he had cancer. He fought it with so much grace and so much dignity and hid a lot of the overall struggles from us. Uh, and then my family sort of sh um, shielded me from a lot of the um, end of term stuff because I was still in DC. And it was because of that that I opened Sock Bun Studios five years and two days ago now. It's very funny that I decided to do this podcast um, after I had gotten that time hop re remembrance. Um, so I opened Sockbun Studios officially to help raise money for cancer research in honor of my Uncle Brian. And I opened it with what I called Bee's Keys, which was kind of like the giving keys. Um, but they were phrases saying just the letter B and then inserting it, like, be kind, be happy, be calm, be silly. Um, 
And I'm actually bringing those back. I'm very excited because I found a ton of keys when I was cleaning out our craft room um, a month ago. So B's keys will officially be returning. I'm very excited about this. Um, but I was selling those and then I was selling wish bracelets because those were very easy for me to make. Uh, and they were $5 and that was an easy way to get money uh, for Peloton, uh, Pelotonia, which is a very famous bike race here in Columbus, Ohio that benefits the Wexner, um, or not the Wexner, I'm sorry, the James Cancer Research Hospital here in Columbus at Ohio State, which is where my uncle was. Um, and it was really thanks to those doctors that kept him alive because his colon cancer actually was um, like one in a million, basically, like he was the only one, very rare. Uh, it just kept mutating in ways that they weren't expecting. So it's really because of the James Cancer uh, Hospital that he even made it uh, four years. So that was how Sockman Studios became. <laughs> Started with the name idea in 2012, but then I actually didn't open it until 2014. Is that five years? 20? 2019, 18, 17, 2016. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew it wasn't 2014. That seemed way too early. Um, Within a couple of months, I added t-shirt designs and mug designs because I had gotten a silhouette machine once I returned home. So I moved home the summer of 2016 and, you know, that was, I got orders from it, but it wasn't anything earth shattering, but you know, it was fine. Um, I definitely wanted Sockbone Studios to be more than that, but you know, I was just trying to find my footing in it. And my mom kept saying, you just need to find your niche. Just keep at it. Keep adding things in that you like to do, but you need to find your niche. Like lots of people are using their silhouette machines to make shirts. Lots of people are using their silhouette machines to make, you know, mug decals, wine decals, all of this. So you just need to find your niche. And I really just, you know, tried to keep that in mind, kept plugging along. Uh, I became a preschool teacher then. And um, the following year, I lost my grandmother, which was very hard because my mom is a single mother. So then I sort of felt like I was no longer a granddaughter. And I don't want to cry about that. <laughs> um, but that was, that was a very emotional time for me. And then three weeks later, I had to put my dog down. I'm like, it's just, it's kind of a really sad beginning to all of this about just everything behind it. Um, so that was the most devastating loss for me was putting down my, um, putting my dog Roxy down at the age of 13, uh, because she just very suddenly developed cancer. Um, and by the time we realized it, it was too late. It was too far gone. And there, um, was nothing that they could do. And that was in two years and nine months. And at one point I remembered the days, but it was two years and nine months. So not even a full three years lost both my grandparents, my uncle that I was extremely close to and my dog. And then I started my current nanny job that I still have, love them to death. And in fact, they sometimes listen to my podcast. So <laughs> we love that. Um, they encourage me so much. They encourage me to do everything. Anyway, 
during that time, the shop, you know, had just been in a very state of flux, took a huge backseat. Once I left being a preschool teacher, though, there was a few weeks between my preschool job and then my current nanny job. My shop really started to boom. I was selling things like crazy. And at the time, it was still decals and shirts. But I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is finally something. And then I started my new nanny job. And at the time, it was a baby and then a three-year-old. And she was doing preschool a couple of times a week. And so, like, I just had so much free time on my hands. And I really used that time to hone in on what I wanted. I finally stopped saying yes to everyone else. That is a something that I've learned is a huge thing for Enneagram 7s is to take time for yourself and tell other people no and set boundaries. And because of that, my shop really started going places. So during that time, I was also doing miniature cross stitch necklaces, which I absolutely love and adore. I just feel like they never got the love and attention that they really, truly deserved. Um, I mean, they're on my Instagram feed if you went way super down, but I really enjoyed that. But the bigger lesson that I took from that time was that I was scheduling things out. I was doing five cross stitches at a time because I was posting once a week. I was trying to make Instagram posts five days a week. I was trying to build these things because I had all of this free time. And I was like, what do I do? I've not had all this free time. And like, I'm finally happy. Like, I'm finally being happy again. I entered 2018. And I was like, this is the first year that I don't expect anyone to die in three years. Just take a moment to think about how that feels. Like, I wasn't exactly expecting to lose my grandfather. I mean, he, he had, he was older, he did have health issues, but I wasn't exactly expecting that. But then by the end of that year, I knew that my uncle was very close. I rang in the new year crying because I just, I knew it was coming. And then by the end of that year, my grandma was just in a constant state of flux. So I'm like, I don't know. And in my letter that I wrote to myself that year at the end of 2017, I was like, I don't know that grandma and Roxy, which was my dog, are going to be here by the end of next year. And that is something that I cannot begin to contemplate right now. And unfortunately, I was correct. Neither one of them made it through the next year. So entering 2018, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't imminently expect anyone to die. This is huge. And I had all of this energy. I was just buzzing because I just thought something is coming. Something is coming. I don't know what it is, but I am taking this time to reflect. I'm taking this time to decompress. I'm taking this time to relax because something is coming. I can feel it. And then we get to Memorial Day weekend of 2018, which is when I listed and sold my very first scrunchie. I guess I jumped just a little ahead of the gun there because I made the first scrunchie couple of weeks before that. I guess that was probably April. Um, my current nanny kid, uh, it was a girl and a boy. She was the three-year-old. 
hated having her hair pulled back. And at the same time, and look, I was born in 88, so I don't really claim being an 80s child because I grew up in the 90s. Like, I don't remember anything from 88 and 89. I am a child of the 90s. I loved scrunchies. My favorite scrunchie, in fact, because I was also a gymnast growing up, my favorite scrunchie was a black velour scrunchie with neon orange and pink flowers that matched a black velour leotard with orange and pink neon flowers. And for the longest time, in fact, I don't know. I mean, probably not because I feel like I would have come across it at some point because I've been doing a lot of cleaning out of stuff. But I I kept that scrunchie for a long, long, long time, like well past when scrunchies were not popular anymore. But I always love scrunchies. It was one weekend I came across a five minute tutorial on YouTube on how to make a scrunchie. Although they used hot glue to glue it together instead of sewing. I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) And I thought, oh, well, why not? Let's try it out. So I had gotten some fabric uh, because they were like, use athletic stretchy fabric. So I'd gone to the store, got some and I tried one, loved it. I mean, I made it in less than five minutes (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, I've absolutely missed scrunchies so much. I made one for my nanny child and she wore that. And I was like, well, then let's go to the store. You can pick out a couple of fabric choices. I'll make you your own scrunchies if you promise to wear your hair pulled back. Because she also has very fine, thin hair. So it just gets tangled very easily, you know. So that was it. I loved it so much. I was like, you know, maybe I'll put them in my shop. At the time when I went to Etsy, typed in scrunchies, three, exactly three other results came up. So I thought, you know what? Probably not going to do anything, but yeah, sure, I'll add it in. Went out, bought probably $40-ish worth of fabric. Felt very stupid because I was like, Sarah Kathleen, that's my middle name. And I talked to myself a lot because as my work grandma from the Developmental Disability Board (laughs) used to say, Phyllis, I love her to pieces. She is very famous for saying, sometimes the most intelligent conversations that I have in a day is with myself. And that's a true statement. So I was, I I vividly remember being in the middle of Joanne's buying all of this fabric. And I, to myself, I was like, Sarah Kathleen, what are you doing? Why are you buying all this fabric? What if it never sells? What if nobody likes these? Now you're going to have all of this fabric on hand. And at the same time, you know, it's like devil's advocate, like the angel and the devil. And then the other side is like, but you have to have choices. Like they can't just have one choice. If you want to try and sell these, you have to give multiple options. So those were, you know, the warring heads back and forth. I officially listed them Memorial Day weekend that Monday of 2018. Made my very, very first sale to... At the, at the moment that I made this, I was like, oh my gosh, I sold one. Then I saw that it was my friend, Samantha, who uh, we met because of a nanny community that we belong to. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so kind that you bought you bought my very first scrunchie. It was a gray, oh, the, ter- the fabric was terrible. It was almost like something you could probably make a rain jacket out of, I swear. Uh, but it was gray with mini mouse heads and she had a pink bow. And see the things, these are the things that I remember. Uh, And I, well, I think I had it as a duo with a solid classic um, light pink, I believe. I don't think I made that as a single. Anyway, 
That was my very first country, so I was very excited. June came around, and I sold, I think I had 86 orders in June. I was pretty busy. Like, that was pretty busy for me. At the end of June, I looked... (laughs) I remember taking the kids for a walk. I think we were going off to get ice cream. And I was just feeling very frazzled already at the <laughs> the prospect of it by the end of June. And I looked at overall sales. And I was like, um, you know, uh, total sales this month. And then I said, and it was 86. And I said, total sales last year. And I said, 85. And I was like, Wow. No wonder why I've been so busy this month and just feeling crazy because I did the same amount of orders that I did in the whole of 2017 in one month. Then July happened. I think I had 200. I had, I had over 200 orders and I was like, oh my God. It was, it was absolutely insane. July is when I introduced the Build Your Own 3-pack. I introduced it the same weekend that I went to visit my friend Jen in Boston. You've heard about my friend Jen before. She was actually one of uh, the seven roommates that I lived with in Italy. We love Hallmark movies. Uh, We have our own little book club, that Jen. Um, I went to visit her in Boston for a couple of days because my bosses unexpectedly were like, hey, we're taking off. You should go do something. So I did. Bought a plane ticket, went off to visit her. And... She had to work that Friday. So that morning was when I actually listed the Build Your Own 3-pack. The picture of the Build Your Own 3-pack was actually taken on my boss's coffee table before I left, the day before I left, um, with scrunchies that other people had ordered. And I literally just pulled them all out of their envelopes and put them on the table. And then I just made my own little graphic of Build Your Own 3-pack. Um I don't think a single scrunchie from that photo still exists in this shop. I would have to look, but I definitely don't think that they do. And I got the idea off of if I remember the name of it's a headband company that I met the girl in Waco at um Magnolia. Um their silobration. My mom and I had gone right before I started working for my current nanny family. And she had um, build your own three uh, with her headbands. And I always remembered that. And so when I had scrunchies, I was like, oh, you know, I would, I love this idea that she has because she has different patterns. You know, people can just pick whatever three that they want and you get a slight discount for it. So I was the creation of the build your own three pack for scrunchies. Um, based on because of hers, what simply beautiful headbands? They're nice headband turbans. Um, they're not built like mine, um, but they're nice. Um, I think it's simply beautiful. Anyway, so I debuted them on a Friday in Boston, in my friend's apartment, while she was at work, before I went off to get terrible Dunkin' Donuts coffee, which I don't even think is a sentence you can actually utter, but it was true. And then I went off exploring, uh, went to Harvard. People thought that I I bought a hat, and then somebody actually asked me for directions. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, I can pass as a Harvard student. This is cool. And I ended up at a super fun, like, hidden getaway rooftop, um garden 
It's like literally all it is was just a rooftop garden. And nobody had bought any of the three packs. <laughs> I got back. I flew back in on that Sunday. And I'll never forget. So I flew back into Cleveland and I had to drive back. And I was, I had stopped at a gas station and I was like, dear Jesus, please, please let somebody buy the Bill Jones three pack. Like, please tell me that I'm doing the right thing here, that I made the right decision by doing this. Because at the time I'd basically been listing everything as either a three pack or a duo. So I was like, please, please let this be the right decision to list these individually and then make a Bill Jones three pack. Not five minutes later, I got in the car and I had a sale and it was for a build your own three pack. When I was, I was basically like, Jesus, I just need people to buy this three pack. Like I just need, I just, that, and then yeah, and then it happened. And I swear, I was like, it's because my grandma's up there. Because my grandma had just really been privy to the struggles and, you know, that just that I'd constantly been going through. Getting my master's degree, not being able to find a job, going to nanny school, then you know, having the nanny experience that I had first round and then, um, you know, losing so many loved ones and just not feeling like I had found my place. And not long before she passed away, she had told me, she said, just keep going, just keep going, just keep plugging away. I know that it's going to work out. I know you're going to find it. And that was always her motto. And I just thought, I always said, like, it's because grandma's up there now and she's pulling the strings. So, sold my very first three pack and then those took off. So, yeah. So, in July, I had over 200 orders. And I remember at the time, my bosses were like, this is, this is crazy. I'm like, this is totally crazy. Middle of July, my mom picked up the sewing. So, at this point in time, I was actually transporting all of my materials back and forth because I worked in Columbus, but then I would go home on the weekends and sew. And I was taking everything back, back and forth every weekend, loading it up, literally all the material, everything. And then just picking the orders as they were coming in. I mean, we just didn't have any kind of system because this, it was just, it was wild. So my mom officially picked up the sewing for me middle of July. She said, I'll just, (laughs) she says this to this day. It's been almost three years now. And she's like, all I meant to do was help sew you ahead. (laughs) And literally for like a year and a half, we just were never, ever ahead. (laughs) Ever. We just could not catch our breath. So then August happened. And I did, like, over 300 orders. (laughs) And we were like, this is it. Like, this is the breaking point. Like, there is just no way. And then I said, well, you know, it's almost fall. There's just no way. There's just no way that scrunchies are going to keep up. Then I did more orders in September than I did in August. Then October 2nd and 3rd happened. And I talked about this on my friend Morgan's podcast, The Good Hearted Podcast, a couple weeks ago. Uh, We were discussing our Enneagram 7, because we both are. Um, But I did over $700 in sales in two days, and I sold every single Halloween scrunchie that I had in stock, plus more. Like, I actually ran out and then had to go find the fabric again. Sold every single one. I mean, the... It, my phone off of the hook, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. I just, it just didn't stop for two straight days. 
my boss came down the stairs. So obviously, because I'm a nanny, I have two bosses. Um, my dad boss came downstairs at one point. He's like, has your phone been doing this all day? I'm like, all day. I don't know what's happening. I finally realized that people had typed in Halloween scrunchies and I was the first honest to God, I was the first 30 entries because I had been putting them in in July and August and tagging Halloween scrunchies and no one else had gotten to that point. So when you typed in Halloween scrunchies, it was me. <laughs> it was just me. Um, so that was, it was insane. October, I just absolutely blew it out of the park. But then November came along and I did more than October and then December came along and I did more than that. And we were absolutely blown away, shocked. Could not believe it. January of 2019, I figured all oh, things are going to slow down now. Like, it's got to slow down. Definitely did less orders. Um, but every month, it was just a consistent, it was just consistent sales every single day. I had a sales goal. I met it every single day. All of January, all of February, all of March. Wild. As time started to go on, though, Etsy really started to change. And I have to say, and I will give credit to this one thing for Etsy, is that I needed them for the exposure to get my scrunchies out there. And in 2018 and the beginning of 2019, and when I first opened the shop in 2016, they were still there for the people. They were there for the small businesses. And so I needed them for that. I was having over a thousand views a day. I was having hundreds of visits every day. You type in scrunchies, I was right there. But then Etsy became a publicly traded company. They upped their own... um percentages. They started taking a percentage of the sale of the shipping cost too. And then they started incentivizing lots of other shops to open up. Like, oh, tell your friends to open up their own shop and get free listings. And by May of 2019, I started to see the effects of all of that. But with, look, I gave my I, I gave my credit to Etsy, and now it's time to tell you all of the reasons why I think now, in 2021, why opening an Etsy shop is a bad idea. If you want to make real progress, I guess, or actually make real profit, I should say. So when I first started, when I first opened it in 2016, the fees were 20 cents to list your item, and 3.5% of the sale. Not bad. Totally doable. Totally understandable. You know, it's because people can go to one place and you don't have to open up another website. You don't have to go through all this other work. It was, it was great. When scrunchies took off, that was how it still was for a few months. And then Etsy switched and on top of the 20 cents to list it, they increased from 3.5 to 5% of the sale of your product. And then they also added in 5% of your shipping cost. Yes, you heard that correct. Etsy is profiting off of the cost of shipping every single time. 
every single order. Etsy makes money on shipping. Yes. And I'm sure the people of Etsy would say, oh, well, it's because you get a discounted rate. Okay. So, yes. If you ship through the post office, through Etsy, you do get a discounted rate. However, if you use calculated shipping, which is what I've gone to because the cost of shipping has become astronomical, honestly, um, the buyers are getting the discounted rate. So it's not like I'm making, I'm not making any money on the shipping. Etsy is making 5% off of shipping. Then Etsy went to, oh, tell your friends to open their own Etsy shops and we'll give you 10 free listings. I just rolled my eyes. You can't see that. <laughs> um, so all of a sudden, I mean, Etsy or scrunchies became a huge boon. I mean, everyone all of a sudden wanted scrunchies. Lara Jean song Covey with her scrunchies and to all the boys definitely also kicked that off. So... I want to say in this moment that if you are a scrunchie shop that follows me, I know who you are, uh, and you listen to this podcast, because I don't know, I don't actually know who actually listens to the podcast, but, um, but I know the people that follow me. I see you. I know who you are. Um, so when I first started scrunchies, I, one of the very two first three packs that I made were my pineapple pack and my dainty bumblebee pack. There was not a week that went by at the beginning that I did not sell 30 pineapple packs and 30 to 40 bee packs every single week. It was to the point we could not keep this fabric in stock. It was a constant going to the store to get two yards of fabric. The next week going to the store to get two yards of fabric. Going to the store the next week to get two yards of fabric because it just we couldn't keep it in stock. That was all we could talk about. My mom, my friend's mom that helps me, me, and then at one point I had a friend helping me do um trying to do spreadsheets and organization stuff. That was all any of us could talk about was how many pineapple packs and how many bee packs I would sell. In fact, it used to be at first when I was being searched for, because you can see how people find you, pineapple scrunchie was searched hundreds of times a month as it was just a rolling 30-day average. Hundreds, hundreds, close to a thousand um, a month. At some point though, Etsy, because they became so inundated with shops, and especially on the scrunchie front, that instead of keeping my listing at the top, because I was the first one to do it, I was the first pineapple pack, I was the first dainty bumblebee pack, all of this, um, I was the last page. They just tanked the listing for no reason. They gave no reason why Smith a lot of time on the phone with them multiple times. Couldn't explain why it went from top three to number 37 in the search. And in that time, so many other shops popped up using my patterns, which I get, anyone can get from the store, using the same three pack lineup and either charging like 50 cents less or the audacity to charge more money than that and using the same terms for it. I see 
you. I see you. If you are listening to this, I hope you feel uncomfortable about it because I have never forgotten it. I am a Gemini with a Virgo moon. I am the CEO of receipt keeping and fact checking. I know who you are. Like, but I can't necessarily blame them. Look, it said that honesty is the highest form of flattery, but whatever. Um, not honesty. Um, um, copying is the, um, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Um, I blame Etsy because Etsy became the epicenter of, well, we don't want new shops to never get seen. So we, we put some new shops in here, but in order to keep your listing at the top, make sure that your auto renew option is on so that we get 20 cents every time you sell it the first time that day. So if I sold five pineapple packs a day, they they would only get 20 cents once, but they would get 20 cents. But say I sold a pineapple pack, a B pack, um, three random other scrunchie, you know, whatever. The amount of times that I sold a brand new item in one day, they got 20 cents every single time. I was doing over a hundred dollars every day in sales. So if you if you can just quantify how many different items that was every single day that they were getting 20 cents on right off the top, because to keep your listings at the top of the search, make sure you have your auto renew on, make sure you have lots of photos, make sure you have your five-star reviews, make sure you're listing new things every day and every week, aka giving us 20 cents every single time. But end of the day, we'll just play around with your listing and we'll just put some new shops that are blatantly copying your design and your three pack and your naming. We'll just put them over here at the top because they're new and we want them to get exposure too. (laughs) It raises my blood pressure every time I think about it. So anyway, this is all going on. Um, November of 2019, I was in Disney. I get an email from Etsy saying, congratulations, you have one of our best listings on the website. That gross sales at the time had made over $30,000. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. That's something to be proud of. This is my build your own three pack. Sold at least one every single day. So that means it was getting the auto renew listing every single day. I was getting five star reviews on it every single day. Had the photos. I'm doing everything that Etsy says to be doing to keep that listing at the top. It was the number three listing when you typed in scrunchies. Number three listing. After the ads, it was the number three. One week after they sent that email. I went like three days in a row not selling a single one. I thought, well, this has just not happened. Like this has not happened basically since I sold the first one. I've just, I've always sold at least one. Could not find the listing. Couldn't find it. Called Etsy three times. They could not explain to me, not a single person at Etsy could explain to me why my listing went from number three. First person couldn't find it. He escalated it up to someone else. They said, oh, we found it. It's number 37 now. Why? 
Why is the number 37? And why, when you type in scrunchies now, is there a build your own five pack with a brand new shop that's had five sales? How are they in my listing spot? They have five sales. So they're not getting five star reviews every day because they've had five sales. They have two listings. They're not listing new stuff every day. How are they getting this? How are you putting them here? This is when I am told, when I am honest to God told these words, well, the algorithm changes based on the time of day and what device you're on. So, say you get on your phone in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning, you search Etsy, you type scrunchies in, you're gonna see listings. Say you get on your work computer at noon at lunchtime, you type in scrunchies, the listings are gonna look different. Say you get home that night, you're on your iPad, you type in scrunchies, the listings are gonna look different again. And their algorithm works also that if you are a shop owner and you go to type in scrunchies and you want to see where you are, they will purposely put you on the very last page just for you so that you don't actually know where your listings are. Yes. Like, I know I'm not personally speaking to anyone right now. There's no one on the other side of this microphone. But yes, if your mouth is hanging open right now, if you just said, wait, what? Yes. So I, when I was trying to figure out where I was in the listings, because all of a sudden I was not at the top where I had been with no problem because I was one of the first people to put scrunchies in Etsy, made them thousands of dollars a month in their own fees. They're like, well, we're not going to tell you where you actually are because the algorithm just knows that you're a shop owner and you're on your phone. So even if you log out, we still know it's your IP phone address. So it's still not going to tell you where you are in the listings. No help whatsoever. Absolutely none. I mean, they were nice, but what kind of answer is that? Then Etsy says, you guys should all offer free shipping. Because people are trying to compete like Amazon and people want free shipping. Let me say this very loudly for the people in the back. Nothing is free. Absolutely nothing in this life ever comes for free. You pay for it somewhere down the road, at the beginning, up front, whatever, you pay for it. (laughs) Nothing is free. Amazon Prime is not free. You pay $119 a year. You pay once a year $119. And then you just hope that you order enough stuff to get free shipping that it basically pays off the $119 slash, you know, the free books you can read and the free shows from Amazon Prime Video. Um, Amazon Prime is not free. Just want to repeat that one more time. So Etsy says, you should offer free shipping guarantees. At least, like, either just offer free shipping. They were like, here, we're going to help people out that... um, sell things for that aren't as expensive. Just offer free shipping over $35. And to offset the shipping cost, just increase the po- the price of your product. Do you know, just add 50 cents here or there to your products, whatever, to add up for the shipping cost. Okay. Just want to make this real, really clear, because it's easier if you see this on paper. So I understand this is not on paper right now. Etsy gets 
off the top 20 cents every single time someone buys your product because you want to keep it at the top. So you need that auto renew option on. So they get 20 cents. They get 5% of the sale of your product and 5% of shipping. So now you are supposed to cover the shipping cost that they are still making 5% on whether the customer is paying for shipping or not. And then they say, well, just raise the cost of your product. Oh, so they make more money because the cost of your product is more, so the sale would be more, so their 5% increases. Yeah. Etsy absolutely went from caring about small businesses to caring about their shareholders. Because now they're publicly traded. So now they want to make money for all of their shareholders. They don't care about the small shops. They don't care. Because they they want to flood their markets. They want to flood every single market that they have. Oh, tell your friends how great it is to have an Etsy shop. Tell them to start an Etsy shop and we'll give you 10 free listings. What is that? 20, 40, 60, 80, a dollar. Two whole dollars free a month. Or no, for every for every person that you recommend to opening a shop. And I mean, forget the fact that you were the hard worker that created the build your own three pack, created the pineapple pack, the bee pack, all of these things. Um, because we want to make sure that all of these new shops, all of these people that are trying to make it out there can also be seen and aren't just relegated to the bottom and have to actually earn their spot at the top. Um, so we'll just spurt, you know, put them around and we'll just drop your listing into oblivion with for absolutely no reason and have no reason for you. I actually have no reason for why they decided to do that. Whew, I just had to pause and take a big deep breath. Um, it just absolutely burns me. So by the summer of 2019, when I noticed all of these things going down, I was like, it's time for me to open my own website. Because as much as I needed the views from Etsy and needed that exposure at the beginning, it's time for me to branch out because this is ridiculous. There were points at the highs of my shop that they were getting over $2,000 a month in their own fees from me, from, from that. So took me several, several months to get Shopify platform um, to build my own website, which I could have paid someone to do it, but I was like, no, I can do this. Um, and I officially opened November of 2019 with my own website, which is what we see today as SockwinStudios.com. Um, and, you know, that's a completely different ballgame. So I have still kept my Etsy shop open because then things really did start to slow down because it just, scrunchies just became absolutely inundated because everyone all of a sudden was like, oh, I should make these too. Um, which I mean to each their own, I guess. Um, find your own niche. <laughs> As my mother says, find your own niche. Um, but I have kept my Etsy shop because I still get more views on Etsy than I do my own website because I still work full time. Now, if I didn't work full time, I would be doing so much more work with my own website. And that is the, that unfortunately is still the nice thing about Etsy is you 
don't have to put that time into it per se, because people can type it into the search. And if if the search gods favor you this day, um, they're going to find you. They don't have to go to Google and do it and then find you from your own website. So that is still unfortunately a plus side to having Etsy versus shop of a different platform, your own website, which is Shopify, Wix, Squarespace. Those would be the three, I guess, WordPress. I don't know if you can actually do it on WordPress though. Um, GoDaddy, I guess is another one. Um, so yeah, versus having your own domain from a different, for a different website. However, I make more profit off of sockbunstudios.com because there's no 20 cents listing fee and there's no, they don't get any money from your shipping. They do, there are different levels on Shopify. There are three different platform levels and then it depends on which one they take a different percentage, but it's, it's nowhere close to the 5% that Etsy is. Um, my newest complaint, <laughs> and this actually goes against Shopify too and Etsy, is my character licensing. So I have been under the impression for the three years that I've had my shop that I can sell licensed fabric scrunchies because of the um, first sale doctrine, which basically states Warner Brothers, Disney, anyone else, any licensed company gets their money when Joann's, Hobby Lobby, Michael's, whatever, buys the fabric. And then post that, they have no claim over what is made from it. The license is on the image. So you can't copy that image and then make your own design of it based off of that image. That is what is licensed. But over time, first started just with Etsy, taking like, oh, this, you know, copyright lawyers reached out saying that you're copyright infringing on this. And I was like, okay, whatever. So take down, you know, always just very random, bizarre ones, mostly Warner Brothers with Harry Potter. And I'm like, JK, really, really girlfriend, really? Um, honestly, I don't get it. I'm like, you guys are all billionaires. What is my scrunchie shop really doing to hurt you? Nothing. I mean, you don't even have scrunchies. So maybe you should work with me on it because I like people obviously want them anyway. So Disney is pretty famous at this point for not normally going after small shops because they've realized that it's not good PR for them. And, you know, people get excited about buying things to then wear in the parks and, you know, increase park attendance. So Disney was kind of like, you know what? Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna be those people because we make enough money doing everything else. In the last two weeks, from both platforms now, I mean, it's been a new email from Etsy, basically saying, um, take every single licensed print out of your shop or we will just shut your whole shop down. I am so sick and tired <laughs> of the absolute amount of hoops that small businesses have to go through. I don't know Shopify and Etsy slash if it actually is coming from Disney, Warner Brothers, whatever. If any of you are aware that we are in the middle of a Panda Express, we're in the middle of a panorama still. 
we have a full parental teacher conference going on and we are all struggling as it is. Why are you making it harder for people to survive? Why? Why would you make fabric? <laughs> what do you think people do with this fabric? Just a genuine question. Just, it just really irritates me so much. So much. I mean, so many views gone now in the last three days now because all of my like 80 some character prints are now gone from both websites currently while I figure out what I'm supposed to do with all of this because you look up certain things and they all say first sale doctrine. It's not up like judges don't uphold it in court like they side with the shop owners. Then I saw the craziest thing today in the Etsy community boards because sometimes I just like to troll them and it was so many people were saying that you can resale re, you can resell yeah um licensed fabric uncut so like say you buy two yards of fabric you can sell it in like a quarter yard half a yard three quarters yard buy a whole yard whatever you can do that and that's legal but you can't make anything and then sell it that's when it's illegal i'm like what kind of sense does that make because say you find the fabric on sale for $10 a yard, but then you charge $5 for a quarter yard, you're making $20 for a yard, you're making $10 just on fabric, not doing anything with it. That doesn't make any sense. That makes less sense <laughs> than anything else. So I really truly don't know, if you're a copyright lawyer, and you want to weigh in on this, please email me at sarah at sockbunstudios dot, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> please email me at sockbunstudios at gmail.com because I am, I, I don't, like, I'm like, is it worth my time and effort trying to find a lawyer and paying a lawyer to just go after Etsy and apparently Shopify? Because I am so sick and tired of this. I am so sick and tired of these things. And now especially because you're just, you've just really killed me here. And I know if I typed in Disney scrunchies right now, there are going to be shops with Disney scrunchies going on right now. Yeah. There's a cheerleading group from Kansas, Nebraska one of those two, I think, walking around Disney here in a couple weeks, I think, wearing my scrunchies. I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, a whole cheerleading team down here doing competitive cheer at Disney. They're going to be able to tell everyone that they got their scrunchies at Sockman Studios and then I'll get all of these extra sales. They're all gone now. I can't list them. I hate, <laughs> I hate people. I hate people. Um, and I've never hated Shopify. I've really loved the Shopify platform until this moment. Literally until this moment. Uh, but I mean, Etsy, this had already been a huge thing on Etsy for a while. So now I just, it's just more fuel to the fire of why I hate Etsy. So on that note, before I close this podcast out, before my blood pressure absolutely skyrockets, um, and I'm just laughing because when I texted my friend Sarah today, I was like, I have no podcast lined up. It's Thursday. I don't know. Should I just talk about how much I hate Etsy? Her reply was, well, you have plenty to talk about with that. Yes, I do. Um, 
right at the start of the pandemic last year, can't get over this, I made a shirt saying, it's just allergies, and then I made another one that said, like, wash your hands, and I tagged, like, you know, coronavirus, whatever, in there, Um, because, you know, people were searching for things. Etsy took them down saying I was profiting off of a pandemic. Yeah. But then they started, not two weeks later, they're like, if you have a sewing machine, you should make masks and sell them here. And we're still going to take 20 cents to list your freaking item in 5% of your sale and 5% of the shipping. So Etsy, congratulations. You're profiting off of a panorama. Congratulations. You played yourselves on this one, although you're not playing yourselves because you're just profiting once again off of a paranormal activity. Good job. Way to go. Congratulations. But more than that, we get this email. I just, I can't even make this up. Literally, as the world is going to complete crap and all of this, we get this email and they're like, Because you made over $20,000 last year and sold over 200 items, we're going to give you a 10%, like, everyone else is going to be, like, 15%. Your offside ads are going to be 10%. You can't opt out of them, and we're going to help you out by promoting your items. And if people click on it, and then within the next 30 days order from your shop, we take 10%. But don't thank us. We're helping you by putting your items up in Google and Pinterest and ad form, all by our own generosity. The amount of money that I lose on certain sales because people have clicked on the item in Google or on the side of Facebook and then within 30 days go back and order and then instead of five percent it's ten percent of the sale and you can't opt out of it you you cannot opt out of it but thank god that i'm just grandfathered into this ten percent actually it might be twelve percent i just i don't even look at it anymore because it absolutely infuriates me so much But now if you start a shop and you make these sales, it's automatically 15%. 15% of your sale goes to Etsy then. In something you cannot opt out of. They will not let you. You have to do it. So yeah, I hope that was informative on why. (laughs) Like, yeah, should you open an Etsy shop? I don't know. Are you just adding things in there just because, just for fun, and you don't expect it to go anywhere, really? Sure. Are you just trying to clean out your craft room and you just want to add some stuff in? Sure. Do it on Etsy. Don't go through the hassle of opening your own website. Uh, Are you trying to make it a real go of things? Never in a million years should you open an Etsy shop. You should 100% just start with your own website, send everyone there that way if you have the time and you can um, invest your energy in all of the promotions, like all of the self-promotions of Instagram, which honestly don't even get me started on the Instagram algorithm. Um, I literally post things. I gain three followers. I lose five. I can't, I can't, I can't with Instagram anymore. (laughs) That's a, that's a podcast for another time though. 
Honestly, guys, what a quick hour that was. You know, it's actually, it's always funny to me because the Bridgerton podcast take me so long. The To All the Boys podcast took me so long because, you know, I was reading parts of the book and I was trying to make things succinct and, like, time efficient. And so I would re-record each point each time, like, three or four times. And now here I was. I just did this all in one take. Gotta love it. Gotta love it for having no idea what to talk about. Anyway... Hope that was informative for you. Uh, if you've ever followed along again on Instagram at Sockman Studios, you are already aware of all of these points because over time I have brought all of them up. Um, yeah. But that said, I am heading out of here until next week, which will be the April wrap up. Can you believe it? Spoiler alert. I am not going to make a Star Wars podcast for May 4th because I <laughs> I've watched the Han Solo movie and that's it. I haven't gotten to any of the other ones that I haven't watched yet. Still haven't gotten to The Mandalorian. Still haven't finished Clone Wars. Yeah. Anyway. Oh boy. But next week will be an April wrap up. We went from April 1st to April 22nd in two days. I swear to God. Hand on Bible. Anyway, until next week, remember there are no bad hair days. I will see you guys next time.